0: You're listening to Season 2 of the Live 360 Podcast with Tony Sutherland, and this is Episode 62. All right, guys, we're just going to jump right on in today. I don't want to waste your time. I've got about... 20 or 25 minutes with you. So I want to get right into the content today. We're going to be talking about this idea of being stressed to impress. Are you stressed to impress? You know, I know a lot of people live under fear and anxiety about what others think about them and we're working so hard to create this image of ourselves and that we want others to see the successful uh, on top of it all type of person. Uh, We don't want to look like we have any flaws or failures. And, you know, the bottom line is Jesus sees all of you. He knows who you are and he loves you just the same. I believe if God would ask you the question, do you know what I love about you? His answer would be everything. See, God loves everything about you, the good, bad, and the ugly. We don't have to be stressed out to impress God. It's not what we do for God. It's what he has already done for us. We live in that finished work of Christ. We can stop wrestling, stop striving, stop being anxious and fearful and fretful and stressed to impress God. That's a symptom of self-righteousness and Jesus is our righteousness. And this should cross over into how we live. And today we're going to take a very well known passage out of Luke, the story of Martha and Mary, when Jesus came to visit them. And there's such powerful truths and content in these verses. All right, guys, so let's start with our key passage right here in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. And it says, now as they were traveling along, he, Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, "'Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me "'to do all the serving alone? "'Then tell her to help me.' But the Lord answered and said to her, "'Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered "'about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, "'for Mary has chosen the good part, "'which shall not be taken away from her.'" I wanna focus on this one verse in Luke, 10 verse 40 in that passage, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. You know, when, when Jesus came to visit at Martha's house, she, she was scurrying about in the kitchen, slaving over the hot brick oven, trying to impress Jesus, most likely hoping to possibly win his attention and affection as so many of us do. And on the other side of the room, if you kind of gaze across the room, Mary was just simply sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his words and receiving his love. She had discovered the powerful secret of resting before God. You know, we're just hustling all the time. You know, the message of the Christian life from a lot of teachers and preachers is we got to hustle for God and we live in this perpetual hustle all the time constantly pushing and straining and striving and working and doing and you know, work while it's day, we don't have a lot of time, we gotta get busy, we gotta work, we gotta work, we gotta work, and that's really a law-based mindset. And you know, Martha was aggravated. It's it's apparent in the way she responds. You know, in, in sheer aggravation, she just barges in, and she implores Jesus that he command Mary to help her with the work in the kitchen. And you know, I love Jesus' response, he doesn't get mad at Martha, he just lovingly responds by telling her that after all her serving, watch this, she is still worried and bothered. Isn't it funny that a lot of times our self-righteous effort and work and labor And even our intention to try to please God, we end up being more worried and more bothered. We haven't done enough. We haven't strived to really, really do the greater things for God. And we're never happy. We're never pleased. And we're never satisfied in our work. And we feel like that he's never satisfied. A long time ago when I was doing worship conferences and worship events across the country, I had a band that traveled with me. And one of my musicians confessed to me one night. He said, you know, Tony, he said, you know, I lay my head down most nights Uh, thinking that I just haven't done enough for God. And that is such a sad commentary for so many Christians. We just feel like that we're doing all we can and that at the end of the day, we still don't feel like we've done enough. There's always more to do. There's always you know, uh, more work and more labor and we haven't behaved well enough. We're just never satisfied in our own effort, even though we feel like that's what's gonna gain us favor. Guys, I wanna put you at rest right now because Mary had discovered something that Martha hadn't. You know, Martha was just aggravated all the time. She was worried and bothered. And Jesus said, you know, Martha, you're so worried and so bothered about so many insignificant things. You see, Martha was stressed to impress. And this is exactly the results. When we try to earn God's favor, we wind up more frustrated than we do satisfied. You know, we're trying to be satisfied with our work for God instead of satisfied with the work He has done for us. And Mary just sat down. Jesus was in the house. She didn't want to be in the kitchen and working and separated from him in her heart. You know, here's the thing that happens when we get busy for God. Sometimes there's a disconnect in our heart with God. It's almost like we're doing everything we can to get close to him when he's already brought us near with his own blood the book of ephesians tells us that he has already brought us near by his own blood and we're striving to get close and striving to stay connected and striving to feel you know matched up with god but the problem is is it causes us to feel disconnected isn't that funny the irony of our work and our stress to impress god that we wind up more frustrated. And as I've studied this passage, it just so vividly illustrates what happens when we get caught up in the self-defeating cycle of works. Now in our key passage, it suggests four different heart attitudes that surface when our relationship with God is based on that self-effort to earn right standing with God. And the four areas of our heart attitude are the heart attitude of disappointment. That's number one. Number two, the heart attitude of abandonment. Number three, the heart attitude of self-sufficiency. And number four, the heart attitude of manipulation. These are the four areas that we fall into or the four traps that we fall into when we're stressed to impress God with a self-righteous attitude and earning favor with him by good works The hard attitude of disappointment, the hard attitude of abandonment, the hard attitude of self-sufficiency and the hard attitude of manipulation. So let's talk about the first one. Disappointment. Disappointment. Uh, The phrase when when Martha says, Lord, do you not care? Do you not care? You see, Martha ended up disappointed. Here she is busy trying to serve the Lord and please him and prepare for him and work for him and be in the kitchen and out of the kitchen and waiting on God. Let's wait on God. Let's make him feel at home in our presence. Let's make a throne for God. Let's let's build a temple. Let's build a tabernacle. <laughs> Guys, Jesus already lives in our temple. He already lives. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And whenever we get caught into that cycle of works, we get disappointed. Look what Mary says, do you not care? Man, that sounds like disappointment. You know, trying to please God through self effort just stems from this false perception that God really doesn't care about us. And we're trying to earn his care, earn his favor. In other words, I'm trying to work for you, Lord, don't you care about it? You know, in this mindset, we often feel that God smiles on us when we succeed and frowns on us when we fail. And so there's a subconscious, hope that our hard work and diligent service is going to earn God's approval. And we've heard this often it could be referred to as the orphan spirit. Uh studies show that many children growing up without fathers tend to live very driven and performance-based lifestyles. I can say that by personal experience. You know, there was a lot of my life, a big period of my life where I was just driven to succeed all the time. And when I finally dealt with that orphan spirit behavior when it was exposed to me and I saw myself acting like an orphan instead of a son, I realized that I was a lot like Martha in and out of the kitchen, trying to impress God, trying to live for God, trying to please God. And I hit a wall in my life, my ministry and my Christian walk because my life was geared toward being successful for God. Instead of accepting my once and for all salvation and sonship in him. And many Christians sadly relate to our heavenly father and to others in that same way. It's a skewed mindset that we just have to earn God's favor. And what it does is it causes us just to become more disappointed in ourselves when we fail you know disappointment makes us feel disappointed separated from our godly appointment to just be a son we're appointed to be sons and daughters and sadly the longer that we allow disappointment to settle in the more we eventually start to believe that we may have missed our opportunity with destiny Um, that's sad. God adopted us because he loved us, not because we fit the mold of what we think his children should look like. God did not die for us to recruit workers. He died to rescue us and make us sons and daughters. Jesus didn't die for us so that we could be robots and workers and slaves and servants. He didn't die to raise up servants. He died to rescue sons. Let me say that again. Jesus died for us not to raise up servants, but to rescue sons and daughters. He adopted us because he loved us, not because he saw potential in us, but he wanted to just show us his love and rescue us and bring us into his family. And yes, we have potential. And yes, we have a great future and destiny to do something significant, to be significant. But we don't have to strive for significance because we are significant. If we'll learn to rest, we'll discover the purpose and the significance that God's placed within each and every one of us. Are you listening to me? Don't be disappointed like Martha. Do you not care? You don't care. You just don't care so disappointed. After all this work, you don't even care. That's what self-righteousness will do to us. God loves us for who we are. He died for you while you were a sinner. You didn't have to earn that. How much more does God have to do to prove to you that he loves you? I am telling you right now, you do not have to be disappointed. God is not disappointed with you, so don't be disappointed in him because why? He does care. He does care. The Bible says, uh, cast your care upon him, cast your care. That that idea that he doesn't care, cast that on Jesus. He does care about you. And so let's not have a hard attitude of, of being deceived that he doesn't care. Rest assured, he cares, he loves you. And he wants you to sit down and just learn to receive his love. All right, the second heart attitude that comes from this whole stress to impress mindset is abandonment. Martha says, my sister has left me to do all the work. Listen to that phrase. My sister has left me. You know, this good works mentality will always cause us to feel as if we are alone in our endeavors to please God like no one else. Look at what I, everybody else is doing what they want and they're getting promoted and they're getting favor. And I'm over here doing all this stuff for you, God. I've been faithful. I have paid my tithes. I put in offerings. I go to church every Sunday. I have a prayer life. Um, I've been faithful to you. I've waited. God, I've done everything you've told me to do. And I feel like you've left me. I'm alone. And what it does, it actually causes us to become more watchful of other people's behavior and and judging them like, yeah, I've done this and they haven't, they shouldn't be getting favor from you. It's kind of called the elder brother syndrome. When the prodigal came home, the elder brother said, look at all I've done. And you're giving this guy all the favor. You know, those who usually deserve love the least should get it the most. That's grace. The less you deserve love, the more you get it. That's grace. And it causes us to look very self-righteously and judgmental upon other people for their lack of diligence like us. See what happens when you get busy for God and you think that your work is the thing that draws you closer to him. It actually causes a disconnect It pulls you away. It causes you to uh, have this idea that you are alone. My sister has left me. And Paul said that he was persuaded that nothing could separate him from the love of God. This is what living on the side of grace feels like can i just tell you to come over to the side of grace quit striving and working and trying to make god happy yes we all have a desire in us to do good works that's a good thing that's that's the work of grace in our life that's that's a a changed heart a new nature I always tell Christians, man, do whatever you want. People say, can I do whatever I want now that I'm a Christian? I'm like, yeah, because what you want to do is please the Lord. That's your new nature. You've been given a new heart that really does want to live for the Lord and serve the Lord. And so it's good to have this idea of doing good works, but it shouldn't be the thing that drives us to him or make us feel connected because it'll actually make us feel alone because we begin to look at our works and kind of become prideful in what we're doing and judgmental of others, or actually be more worried and bothered. As we said before, it makes us feel like we're alone. I wanna encourage you, you are inseparable from God no matter what. That work is finished. You don't have to work to make God happy with you. Don't be stressed to impress. Don't live in this mentality. It's exhausting. God wants you to enter diligently into a restful mindset. What should we really be diligently doing to enter rest? That's what Paul said. Be diligent to enter rest. Be diligent to find a place of contentment and peace. The search is over, the striving is over. Jesus died, he suffered, he bled for you. You don't have to torture yourself anymore. You are never alone. You're always in Christ. Hey guys, I just wanna take a moment right here in the middle of this podcast to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a generous review, Give us five stars. Tell us what you think, and then share this podcast with one or two other people in your circle of relationships who need to hear what you're hearing today. we're We're talking about the heart attitudes um, from being stressed to impress. And I pray that after this podcast today, you'll get a little bit more insight into your heavenly Father's love for you, that you don't have to strive for his acceptance and his love that you can choose the better part and be like Mary and just learn how to rest in his grace and receive the words of Christ. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the words of Christ is the actual translation of that verse. So let's jump back into uh, this whole attitude of being stressed to impress and let's share three more heart attitudes that come from that. All right, heart attitude number three that comes from this idea of being stressed to impress is self-sufficiency. Notice the phrase, she has left me to do all the serving. She's left me to do all the serving. In other words, it's up to me. Man, it's up to me. I've heard preachers tell people, I just heard it recently, guys, it comes down to us. It's all up to us. No, my friend, it's not up to you. It's up to Jesus. It's all on him. The responsibility for us to be close to God is not on us, Always trying to make sure we got enough Bible reading. We got to get close to God. We got to spend time in prayer. Yes, we do. But not to get close to God, but to reflect on the goodness of God, to hear him speak to us, to give us direction, but not get close to him. You know, there's a thing about being close and then being aware that you're close and we're always close. I want to set your mind at ease on that one, but sometimes we just lack the awareness of it. So sometimes we just need to carve out some time for God to remind us to even if it's a couple of phrases in our spirit that he reminds us i will never leave you i'm with you just be at ease. You know what, guys? That's all we need. We don't need three hours with God. I like spending time with God. I enjoy that. I enjoy an hour or two hours in the Word and just hearing from God. That's me. But some people just have seasons where they're so busy, they're barely getting any prayers in. But I'm here to tell you, if that's you right now, I want to release you from condemnation and guilt. You are with God and He is with you. You are always in Christ and He is always in you. You live in a new spiritual location. It's in Christ. If any man or any woman be in Christ, You're a new creation, that old mindset of being separated from God because you don't pray separated from God because you don't read your Bible. And yes, I encourage you to do those things. You need to be reminded that God is with you. We can become anxious and stressful and fretful like Martha because Jesus is right there in the room. Jesus is right there in your heart and you just forgot See, that's the thing. So we need gentle reminders. I'm trying to inspire you through grace to develop a prayer walk with God and time in his word. It's important. It doesn't change your spiritual location at any point. But sometimes, you know, we do get lost in our thinking and in our emotions. And sometimes we need Jesus just to still our hearts. Hey, Martha, you're so bothered and worried about many things. Mary's chosen the better part. Hey, come on in here. Come on in here. Uh, You know, Martha probably felt pretty cornered when he said that. Oh, now I'm comparing myself to Mary. Mary's better than me. You see, all this striving and working is not healthy for you as a Christian. It's not the way God designed you. You were meant to sit with him, rest in him. You know, the priests in the temple, they never had chairs. They were always working, changing out flames and oil and bread and sacrificing and blood everywhere and and working and cutting up animals. Have you ever gone on a hunting trip and tried to clean out a deer after you've hunted that deer? It's exhausting work. And they did this day and night. But the Bible says Jesus sat down at the right hand of the father. You know, that tells me he rested. It's finished the work is done now come up here and sit with me in heavenly places ephesians 2 verse 6 you can sit with me there's no more work to be done you are as good as it gets i've done it you're good with me and i'm good with you the mentality is in self-righteousness it's all up to me and failing god feels like the end of the world for self-sufficient people you know paul just finally realized his religious fervor and all his self-reliant works Were no longer sufficient. His only sufficiency, guys, was God's grace. Look what he says in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. But he said to me, my grace, this is God speaking to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. You know what Paul said then? I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Look what he says in 2 Corinthians 3 and 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. It's not what you do for him. It's what he does for you. He's the all sufficient one. So quit trying to be sufficient for God. He's sufficient enough for you. Don't get trapped into this self-sufficiency trap and this hard attitude of I'm doing all the serving. It's up to me. If I don't do my part, God won't do his part. (laughs) Guys, God never said that. That's nowhere in the Bible. I know I got to do my part. God's got to do his part, but then I got to do my part. What does your part do? It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Thank you, Tolian Chavijan, for writing such a powerful book and giving us such a powerful phrase to remember. So don't fall into the trap of self-sufficiency when it comes to being stressed to impress. All right. And lastly, that last heart attitude that comes from being stressed to impress is manipulation. Notice that Martha tells Jesus, tell her to help me. Okay, out of her anxiousness and anxiety, she tells Jesus, tell this woman to get in here and help me. And you know how we pray. You know, so often when we pray out of anxiety or fear, we'll say, oh God, speak to that person and tell them to say this. And God, I pray that you would send this person into that office and I pray you'd cause this person to go to that person. Guys, we can't pray that way. We have to pray the will of God. You know, when self effort to please God rules our lives, we try to steer God in the direction that we think is best. Tell them to help me make that work in my favor. Shut that door, open that door, cause this to happen. And we beat the air with senseless and useless words because we're anxious and we're fretful and we're fearful. And we need to hear the Lord saying, you're just worried and bothered. Why don't you just rest? Let me work it out in my time and in my way, you know, because most of the time we usually wind up more frustrated when we pray prayers like, tell them to do this tell them to say this tell her to help me you know martha just got more frustrated after much serving her her self-effort to please jesus just actually puts her in a position as if to tell jesus what to do but watch this mary positions herself just to listen to jesus and prepare her heart to do what he wanted her to do. See, that's what prayer really is. It's God. What would you have me do? Because if God wants you to do something, he'll tell you in the moments that you're resting in the moments that you're trusting. You know, if you stay so busy, you're really going to have no direction. You're just going to be running around in circles. Nobody likes to do that. Nobody likes to run in circles. And mary just positions herself to listen to jesus and prepare her heart you know this is the essential illustration right here this whole story of the opposing forces of law and grace and how they cause us to operate you know it's also interesting if you look at the story that mary is silent she doesn't say anything she's quiet and this is because she's simply content with jesus and I believe sometimes our own prayers lose their importance when we hear the voice of Jesus. The voice of Jesus trumps everything we could possibly say to him. And he says, my son, my daughter, it is finished rest. I want to silence your stress and I want to silence your fretfulness. And I want to silence your your busy, anxious working. Not that I don't appreciate it. Hear the Lord say that he appreciates it. He looks with joy when you do things for him. He likes that, but he doesn't like when you're anxious and fearful and fretful and working out of an anxiousness or an anxiety or a stress to impress him. We don't have to be stressed to impress because it's not what we do for God. It's what he has done for us. You know, the more I read this, I see that Mary realized that being with Jesus was all that really mattered. And every desire that she ever had was to be captivated in his love. You know, this whole story just teaches us that it's not about achieving God's love. It's about receiving his love. Can I say that again? This story of Martha and Mary teaches us that it's not about achieving God's love. It's about receiving his love. And as I said before, you know, if Jesus would have wanted something, all he had to do was simply ask. And you know who would have been more efficient at doing it? Mary, because she would not have been busy doing a bunch of things that, you know, didn't matter. But she would have done the very thing that Jesus wanted her to do because she had positioned herself in grace. You see, when you position yourself on the side of grace, your work is more efficient because you do the things you hear Jesus say not the things that you assume that he wants you to do. We do things God never asked us to do to begin with. We're just trying so hard. And God knows you love him. God knows you want to please him, but you don't have to do 10 different things when it's only one thing that he really wants you to do. So in rest, you learn how to do the things that matter. You don't put the important over the urgent. There are some things that God wants you to do that are urgent, that require attention, but you're not gonna hear those things when you're just so busy about, stressed out to impress God when God's not looking for you to impress him. He wants your life to be filled with purpose and energy and life and zeal and joy. And we got so many grumpy, angry, irritated church people and we just need to rest ourselves in God's approval of us. Come on. I'm sure Mary would have bounded off to serve Jesus' request. You know, when we receive from Jesus and all that his grace has already given us, we'll have that necessary zeal and motivation to fully accomplish his purposes in the moment. And it won't be self motivated, it will be spirit motivated. And there's a huge difference right there, guys. Listen to me. Ours is not a spirit forced life. Ours is a spirit filled life. Christian living should have no trace of anxiousness or competitive drive. I love what Jesus says to her in in the 42nd verse of Luke 10. He says, but only one thing is necessary for Mary has chosen the good part. Watch this, which shall not be taken away from her. Wow, if that's not a revelation, your salvation shall never be taken away. Your righteousness shall never be taken away. You can rest in that. Our reward is not Christ's love. A reward implies that we've earned it. It is a gift. It is not a reward. It is a gift. A reward is something you achieved. A gift is something you received. I love that he says she's chosen the good part. You know, the good news is what empowers us for the Christian walk. I am not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the good part, the better part, the greater part. I love that which shall not be taken away from her. Your salvation will never be taken away from you. You need to to learn to receive that and believe that. So these four hard attitudes of self-effort, or even could call them traps of self-effort, the hard attitude of disappointment, the hard attitude of abandonment, the hard attitude of self-sufficiency, the hard attitude of manipulation. Can we just stop with that and choose the better part? Let's be like Mary. Let's just receive what Christ has already promised us. Let's believe it. Let's receive it. And just because you don't believe it doesn't make it any less true. So why don't you just believe what Christ has done and settle it once and for all and live in the peace of living the joy of the Christian life. Can you see that now? Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Tell her to help me. Jesus says, you're worried and bothered, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Man, that is all the time we have left for today. I truly hope this podcast has helped you be a little more at ease with your Christian life. You know, some people have said, if it's too easy, it's not God. No, my friend, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, it's not a burden. All the weight is on Jesus' shoulders. Throw it off on him. Cast all your care on him, for he cares for you. Stop carrying around the weights of disappointment and abandonment and self-sufficiency and manipulation and give it to God. Come on, let's not be stressed to impress. That's no life for the Christian. And if this podcast has blessed you and encouraged you, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a generous review. Give us five stars. Tell us what you think and share it with one or two other people in your circle of relationships who need to hear what you've heard today. Hey, I'll be back again real soon with another encouraging teaching, something to help you discover how to have peace and joy to the fullest in every area of your life. And until then, we'll see you.